Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa Namo tassa bhagavato arahato samma sambuddhasa I think you prob- probably know that uh, last uh, full moon that was two days ago on Friday was the was Asala Puja that's the the day before the rains retreat starts the the Vasa or sometimes also called Pansa. And it will last for three, almost three months. And um, during that time, you know, monastics are supposed not to leave the monastery for longer than for six nights. And traditionally, during those three months, you know, we try to put a little bit more emphasis on formal practice and. Sometimes also, you know, people decide to renounce something for this, for this length of the three months. It's a bit, you know, in the Christian uh, religion, what is called the length. So making just a bit more effort than usual uh, for practice. And at Aloka Vihara, we are starting tomorrow morning, we are starting a, a week of retreat. So we still have to keep, you know, going during that time. But we can, uh, you know, stop for one week and um, take some extra time for practice. You know, that was the, the Asala Puja, which just has happened on Friday. That was uh, the time when the Buddha, for the first time, you know, gave a formal teaching, the Dhamma Chakapavatana Sutta. This is the discourse, you know, on the turning of the wheel of Dhamma, and it's about the Four Noble Truths mainly, and about the middle path, the middle way. And that was the first formal teaching which the Buddha has ever given, and it happened about two months after his enlightenment. You know, very much in the, kind of in the center of this this teaching, which is, you know, considered like the elephant footprint for all other teachings which have followed afterwards because it encompasses the principles, you know, of all the teachings which the Buddha has ever given is, is basically, as you might be able to guess, you know, it's, it's non-attachment and, um, you know, letting go basically. So, and, you know, if we are in the Vasa or in the Rains retreat period sometimes, you know, do some extra practices to, you know, to be able to uh, have a deeper understanding about, you know, how the mind works and to kind of challenge ourselves a little bit more in terms of, you know, letting go and giving ourselves some extra challenges so we, we can see a bit more, you know, how the mind reacts in certain circumstances and and through that seeing you know hoping that it will translate into a deeper wisdom and that always translates into letting go because you know wisdom is all about being able to step out from 
old patterns of of interpreting experience and and stepping into into an open awareness and uh, stepping out from the conceptual mind. I've brought a little book with me about the some reflections from the Dhammapada and I'd like to start with just reading one of those. It's actually the first one in the Dhammapada. And it goes like that. All states of being are determined by mind. It is mind that leads the way, just as the wheel of the ox cart follows, the hoof print of the animal that draws it. So suffering will surely follow when we speak or act impulsively from an an impure state of mind. So you know that is is a kind of a very simple way of summing up the whole teaching of the Buddha. Basically saying, you know, that all actions, verbally or bodily, have a result. And if we, you know, want to have a, a life, you know, which is not uh, too difficult, then we, we have, can have an influence on, uh, on what we are creating by being, you know, aware of what seeds we are sowing in our lives. And... Because, you know, we are all uh, having a lot of uh, past conditioning to deal with in order, you know, to be able to have uh, wholesome results. We, especially in the beginning of the practice, you know, when we are still not so well trained, we have to be able to um, restrain uh, old ways of, of uh, reacting impulsively to situations. So the power of restraint is a very important uh, ingredient, you know, on the path. And, you know, restraint and renunciation is, is a personal power we can train ourselves in if we you know, see the connection between, you know, the way we are acting and the results which are coming back to us. And it's not just like the action itself, but it's actually as, as you might know, it's, it's the intention behind the action, action of speech or bodily action. It's the intention behind it which makes the, the uh, ethical quality of the action. So, you know, whenever we are doing or saying something, especially if it's something, you know, which is like of, of importance, then it's the best way, you know, how we can check it is to just ask ourselves, you know, why do I do this or why do I want to say this? And then if it turns out, you know, that the intention behind it isn't very wholesome, then it would be better to you know, have some restraint and let it go and not not acting on it. For example, you know, in the Noble Eightfold Path, the second uh, factor is uh, right intention. And uh, one part of, of right intention is actually letting go in terms of... Uh, 
renunciation and the Pali word for it is nekama and if we are translating it it means you know freedom from addiction so to, to have the choice you know that we can step back and, and, and not say something or not do something just because we we can you know see the connection between uh, the action and the result and also you know the re uh, renunciation and uh, restraint is also one of the ten parameters it's the third one and it's called nekama paramita and again, you know, it's 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 that uh, freedom from addiction, that 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 power of uh, mind to be able to say no if that is the appropriate response. And you know, there's different levels of uh, restraint which we can uh, you know bring into our lives. And and the first one is you know maybe the the easiest one to see is is you know. You know, living according to the five precepts which you have just taken, and you know, being able to, you know, not only think about what what I want right now, but to see it in, in a much bigger context, and you know, also see it in the context of all sentient beings. Just you know, not stray outside of the of the five precepts. That's ba the basis for any practice to be able to bear some f fruit. If we, if we can't do that, then, you know, our minds will most likely never find enough, you know, uh, calmness and, and stillness so we can actually see what's going on. So this is the, the basis for practice. And, you know, to have that, that power to say just no to, to wants and, and, Maybe sometimes also, you know, to be able to let go of certain fears we have, you know, fears of, uh, you know, saying something or doing something because we, you know, we feel like we, we might make a fool of ourselves or, you know, we might get it wrong. So it's letting go not only of what we want in terms of, you know, desire, but also in terms of, you know, not being... Uh, willing, you know, to step forward and and do something we have never done before, for example, or give away something which we think we can't be without. So it's it's a giving up of different uh, ways. And and the, and the second layer of uh, restraint would be, you know, once we have been able, you know, to organize our lives, you know, around the five precepts, which is a, it's, it's a very good beginning, then the next la layer would be, you know, to also see, you know, where do we waste our energy, where do we um, do things uh, in order just to distract ourselves. They might not be particularly unwholesome in the way of, you know, precepts, but still, it might be a lot of uh, energy you know, which is just leaking out in our lives. So, you know, conserving energy by, you know, by making decisions, you know, what is really important in our lives and, and what is, is actually not important, what we are doing just like 
you know, automatic, an automatic pilot because we have been doing it for many, many years or because, you know, we don't want to, um, you know, stand out in a, in a strange way if we don't join in in certain activities or we prefer to distract ourselves instead of just, you know, turning more inside ourselves. And that we especially can see that on retreat, you know, with, for example, noble silence. It's a way how we can conserve energy. Or, you know, just different uh, things we can, we can try, you know. Also, for example, in uh, monastics, we, we might do a special thing, you know, during the Vasa period for three months. For example, and to give up something we normally do and then to just not because you know we want to be uh, holier than thou or something but it's more like you know because we are interested we want to see you know how that uh, what it brings up in the mind and there can be you know a small thing but if it's something which we you know have never tried before it can be a very enlightening um, experience to just give up something really small and, and see you know what repercussions it has, what it brings up. For example, I do that sometimes you know when I'm going somewhere, going in this in this um, in the street, for example, going by shopping windows and I just say, okay, just today I'm not going to look. And I'm just going to go by, not because, you know, I think it's a bad thing to, to look, but just out of interest, you know, what it does to the mind. And then it's, it's very uh, interesting, you know, to see how you can really feel in the body how the whole kind of, you go by and there's something, and then you can just see the whole system, you know, how consciousness just leaps out through the eyes and, and just wants to see something. And then to just not give in to it just out of interest. It can be very, very helpful to see, you know, how the mind works. Or, for example, for maybe a weekend or so, saying, I'm not going to look in the mirror, for example, and see, you know, how that, what it brings up. It's, I think it's very, can be very funny, actually. It can, can show us a lot about, you know, how, what it is, you know, to be a human being, really. And, and through that, you know, not kind of giving into very simple things, like just looking into the mirror just for maybe a weekend, it, it, can give, uh, it can give us a kind of an idea, you know, how we can train the, the, the power of restraint and how that can, you know, translate into our lives in very beneficial ways because it doesn't have anything to do with with suppression or you know with uh, with judgment but it's it's much much more than that it's much deeper uh, way of of training oneself by but just you know training our ability to realign our lives with that which is really important for us and you know, to develop that uh, ability to, to, have a to have a real choice about what we want to follow and what we don't want to follow. 
and that power can come in very handy in, in daily life sometimes, you know, when sometimes really need a lot of, uh, you know, power of mindfulness to be able to catch ourselves in certain situations, especially, you know, when we are together with other people. And, you know, our buttons get pressed, so it can be very empowering to be able to to just hold still with it and not have to say something. can can, uh, you know, save us a lot of uh, remorse and can give us a lot of self-confidence, you know, if we, if we can do that. And then through, through this ability to be able to say no, we can, you know, and if it doesn't come from suppression, but if it really comes from, from choice, then, you know, we can kind of slowly but surely create more space around experience and, and have a, you know, have a, a life which is, is much more pleasant and there's much more freedom there. Because, you know, suppression is definitely the opposite of, of restraint or, you know, or renunciation. Even it might look the same, you know, on the surface, but it absolutely is not the same. Because, you know, if we suppress certain needs or wants that, and they go underground, we might not be aware of it, but it will come out in a, in a different way and it can be very destructive. It just doesn't work at all. But, you know, to, to have that power of restraint gives us also, you know, enough courage so we can really open up to, you know, what we can call like the dark forces or, you know, or the, the dark emotional po- powers, you know, which have very strong influence on, on the way we we speak and the way we move and on, on, on all our actions. And if you're not aware of them, then they have a much bigger influence. And they can be also, you know, there's lots of influences which come to us in, in daily life through TV and advertisements and, and newspapers and politics and everything you know, what's happening in our culture, if we, you know, are not aware about those influences and if we are not ourselves able, you know, to to act on our intentions in a sustained way, then, you know, those, those unconscious influences can have a much, you know, bigger hold on us. And then, you know, the, the last level of, of uh, the power of restraint. So the first one is, you know, to act according to the precepts and, you know, make, you know, live, live in a way which we think, you know, is, is definitely in, in harmony with, with all sentient beings. And that's like, you know, kind of staking up, staking out the ground, like making a fence you know, around the ground. And then, if we want to plant something, first, you know, we decide for a certain place where we want to do this, and then we determine, 
this piece of ground by making a fence around it, which would be the five precepts, and then we, we're going to clear the ground, which is just really focusing on what we have got and, and then, you know, work with that by, you know, weeding it and then, you know, using the weeds which we are finding, digging it into the ground and making it into something which can nourish our intention, which is the, the plant we want to, you know, grow there. And then the last of the of those layers of restraint, you know, which we can cultivate would be, you know, non-identification with all uh, what is arising in the mind. So the first level is to let go of unwholesome impulses. And the next level is, you know, to, to let go of leaking out energy, to this, uh, letting go of distractions, which are, you know, just like a waste of time, basically. And then the third level is to let go of identification with whatever is coming up in the mind. By just always, you know, coming back to the present moment and being in the experience as it is and not in the story about the experience. So this is another, you know, level of restraint which, which uh, is, you know, is based on the other two levels. So it's based, you know, on living a, a life which is uh, wholesome, which is, uh, you know, arranged around or within the precepts, not, you know, wasting our time with things which are not really conducive for wisdom and compassion to arise. And, and the third level is then to really act on that wisdom and really letting go into what is rather than, you know, being stuck in, in uh, interpretations, which are always, you know, interpretations which are conditioned by past experience. So it's like a progressive path, you know, which, which um, is unfolding by itself. You know, if we, if we are really acting on what matters to us. So it's, it's very important, you know, to bring the heart and the mind and the body together into one and to act and speak, you know, in accordance with, with those values which matter the most to us and, you know, to act and speak in a way so we can, you know, make those uh, results happen which we want to see in our lives to happen. And for that, you know, we sometimes have to, you know, go out of our way and say yes to something which is challenging to say yes to, you know, if it brings up fear, if it brings up contraction within, within ourselves. And sometimes, you know, we have to say no. And, and, and the wisdom is about, you know, knowing when to say yes and when to say no and, and to be able to have enough mindfulness and enough uh, power, you know, personal power to, 
act on, our, on what what we know to be a wholesome, to have that that uh, power of uh, mindfulness and awareness, you know, always with us, and and that's you know the word uh, wisdom in Pali is is panya, and that is not just like a, you know a body of knowledge which we can learn from books or which we can you know gain from studying complicated uh, suttas. It's but it, it's something which comes from you know being with our experience as as much as possible and as deep as possible, and it's it's a wisdom which comes from uh, from personal experience, which comes from practice. And the word panya itself uh, consists of two parts. Nya means to know, and pa has a very is, is a very a dynamic uh, quality it brings to this word panya. So it's, it means basically you know wisdom in action, which is which you know is only really uh, doing the job if we have it in the in the moment when we need it. So you know we don't it isn't enough to ch- you know if we have to kind of what did I read yesterday in this book, then it's already too late, you know. It has to be something which we know within ourselves through experience. And in order for that to, in order for us to be able to cultivate wisdom, in order to be able to really, you know, be with experience, you know, intimate enough, we, we need that power of restraint. We need that power to be able, you know, to slow down and to not suppress what we want to do or what we feel we need to do, but to just to hold still and then really go deep into it and see, is this really something, you know, which is good for myself or good for others or, or good for both? And if it turns out not to be the case, then do, do not do it. And to just to go, you know, to go underneath, you know, a, a desire or a want can be, you know, a very interesting experience because it can turn out, you know, that the motivating force behind it turns out to be often not, you know, not so much that we want a certain thing, but it turns often out, you know, if we have the ability to go deeper, that what we are really attached to is, is that, you know, the, the feeling or the uh, emotion of desire itself, that strong wanting, you know, and that feeling, feeling kind of, uh, feeling very solid and very one-pointed because we want something very much. Often it's not so much, you know, the, the thing we want, but it's, it's the wanting itself which we, are, which we are addicted to. And I think, you know, you could check it out for yourself and the next time, you know, you really want something very much, you know, and go underneath that uh, desire. There's another layer to it, which is, you know, which... If it's not pointed out to us, we might not be able to really see it. When I heard it for the first time and I, I tried it myself, I was quite surprised that I hadn't actually seen that before. That, you know, the, the, the sensation of really being really focused onto something, we can, if it's unquestioned, it, it, it 
it's something which can be very um, addictive, really. And it's, you know, this, uh, if we have enough power of restraint, we can go to, to those layers of our experience and to look into it. Because we, if we have seen it deep enough, it starts to kind of, you know, lose its grip on us. And that can have quite some repercussions on how we are experiencing, you know, desire for for different things. Because once we have gone deeper to that, uh, you know, to the wanting itself, not to the wanting this or wanting that, but to the experience of wanting, it translates immediately, you know, in, into the upper layers of of the of wanting something. And then there's much more ability, you know, to to just let it be what it is. So you know, it's like a science really. You know, just to, to pick something and then really, you know, go into the depths of it and, and just seeing it opens up like a you know, like a blossoms like a flower. And and then we can just see see it for what it is, and then we can make our choices. And I want to encourage you also to to try that in your own practice, and and you know not be you know not take it too seriously, but also you know give it a try to just experiment with something, some some thing you know in your daily life which you you might do every day yeah and to, and which is only a small thing maybe but still it can have a strong you know a strong grip onto our lives onto our minds just maybe you know a certain thing you do every day like having a cup of coffee at a certain time and maybe you know for a week or something or maybe for one day even only you know <laughs> To see, you know, if you don't do it at that time, what 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 effect it has on your life, because it, if you have done it, you know, regularly for a few years, and you don't do it just for one day, I mean, it has a, it can be very powerful, you know. The 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 dukkha which it produces, you know, and to be able to kind of just, you know, take that and make that in, into a meditation just for one day. I think that can show you a lot about how you know how the mind works, and then even you know if you just delay it for one hour, that's fine too. You know, but but just you know, take take one thing and and use it for practice. If you have you know if you have the the space in your lives, and and then you know extrapolate that. Onto other things, you know, seeing you know how upset we can be if our cup of coffee is delayed for one hour, and then you know see how the you know how this example can be you know translated into many other situations in our own lives and also you know in the li- in how the how the whole world is. Uh, you know, running, and how mindlessly, you know, people are 
living their lives and how fortunate we are, you know, that we have, we have found a teaching which, uh, you know, is an inroad into all of this, into this complex uh, situation, you know, what it is to be a human being and, you know, having a body and needing certain things in order to live and, you know, f finding out, you know, what is really needed and what is, is just like distraction or even, you know, unwholesome habits. And then through really looking, you know, to have more and more um, choice on what we want to follow and what we don't want to follow. And, you know, f and seeing that restraint is not something, you know, for suppressed uh, old aunties, but it's, 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 a, it's a personal power, you know, we can all uh, train ourselves into increase. And then, you know, we can also uh, not only, you know, restraint by saying no, but also then that can be lived in being able to share and being able to be, uh, you know, be generous and being able to serve and being able to uh, be more accepting of other people because if we have that power, you know, to say no, it makes us... Uh, more confident and it may, it gives us uh, more space and we have much more ability you know to be be there for other people because we being free from desire is is uh, is being being fearless really because we don't have to be afraid you know that we don't get this or that we don't get that it gives us uh, a lot of space. And, you know, the end of desire is not by, you know, fulfilling all desires, but it's, it's the end of desires by letting go. And, you know, in the beginning it's, it's not so easy, so the powerful strength is, is a very good... Uh, ability we can use, you know, to be able to, to stop ourselves and look deeper. And through that, you know, stopping and looking deeper, then, you know, wisdom and compassion increases and then letting go is, is the result of it. It's a very positive, uh, you know, cycle which we start to set in motion by first, you know, restraining certain desires purposefully in order to be able to look into the process of desire itself. And then through really probing deeply into it, you know, it starts to fall away. And then, you know, if we see that this is really possible, then we feel encouraged to keep going and it, it gets more and it gets stronger, it gets deeper. And, you know, the space around desires gets bigger and bigger and, and the whole path can be described as a path of an increasing capacity 
to just say no if we want to. And it's an, you know, the renouncing uh, the dictate of our conditioning. And, you know, to increasingly, you know, uh, traveling with less and less, you know, karmic luggage, basically, to lighten up more and more, culminating in enlightenment, where all luggage has been put down. And you know we are really fully um, able to be at ease with what is. So this was my talk for tonight, and. I hope it has helped a little bit to inspire you to make a little test, you know, in your, in the next few days to delay a habitual thing you're doing every day and to see how it feels. Let me know when I see you next time. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.